breakthrough. And what we're experiencing is breakthrough. A lot of times when we get up on the platform, we're always talking about future. But I want to tell you this morning, early this morning in my office, I was praying for you and the Lord said to me, in my spirit, just really said, we're not looking forward to it. Breakthrough is manifesting now. And we need to really grasp that. We need to receive that. God is doing something now. You might not see things changing in the physical yet, but God is stirring this world up. By the way, even though our government might be confused about Ukraine and Russia, God's not. I want you to hear that. It's not a political statement. This is a statement from the kingdom of God. God is not confused, and God is moving, and we're going to see an answer really quick. Amen? Why? Because we prayed and we gave. Also, uh, we have boots on the ground in Ukraine uh, in the Foursquare organization. The monies that you gave helped do that. People's lives are being saved and changed, and they are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ when they cross the border. Amen. Amen. So God's doing great things. Why I wanted you to stand is we are seeing the breakthrough already manifesting. It's been planned last year. Breakthroughs began. We're in the middle of breakthrough. Our men's ministry is going into a new season. And I just want to encourage every one of you men, if you come alone, I will look at you like this, okay? Because this is a place you are concerned about your children, your children's children. You're concerned about people you work with. You've been talking to them about the Lord, and you're asking the Lord, how come I'm not seeing a result? I want you to put your money where your mouth is. Men, I'm talking to guys. I know ladies, you're kind of like this with me. I'm talking to guys. We like this kind of talk. Men, we need to gather and we need to bring those we've been believing God for. And we need to not take a no from them. It's only five bucks for a barbecue that you can't get, especially in today's day. You go to a barbecue, you're spending 20 bucks. Five bucks for the best food in the house. And uh, these guys know what they're doing. And we're going to gather together and we're going to proclaim the vision of God for our men. And we're going to pray over all of our men that God is going to not only continue, but we're going to see things greater than we've ever seen before. Young men, little boys, bring them. Bring your little, little sons. I don't care if they're a toddler. Bring them. Amen. We, we, we believe in little children. Men do, not just women. And bottom line, begin to understand, this is a place for you. So every one of you, even before you leave, sign up. If you don't have your $5 today, all right, bring it tonight when you come to VFAM. By the way, Tonight, I just need to uh, affirm to you that we're going to have a taco man come tonight. So uh, I want you to recognize 
uh, it, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be really good. So all of you come. I want to pray because what God is, is doing uh, in us, which is the church, I don't want to say the church, which is possibly people. It, the church is you and me. What he's doing in us is something that he is accomplishing now for the future blessing. It is like that watershed that we're talking about regarding worship, is that that flow of fruitfulness is we're going to experience that. See, fruitfulness is of today, but also of tomorrow. And what you plant today is what you'll receive tomorrow. And so we're planting these things. Uh, and I want to pray for the men's ministry as we venture out. We have all the different ministries coming out of this COVID demonic thing, man-made thing, that uh, was evil to destroy the church, to bring us apart, to, to separate us, because the power of unity as a church is the greatest power on this earth. Amen. And so we are coming back, and we're coming back strong. We're coming back with power and authority and understanding because we teach you the word and you're in the word. All right. So we have, we have that guy across the street with the kids that looks like Superman. We got Superman here and he's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're going, amen. And we're going to do greater things. I'm expecting huge results greater we've ever experienced before. Father, thank you for that anointing that is real. Thank you for men and women in this church that have made that choice, that you have said, I choose God your way. And because of that, Lord, we're going to see the abundance. We're going to see the seed produce an abundance. And I, Lord, I thank you now for the men as we move forward, called forged, built by the word of God, built by the Holy Spirit, and strong because it's done right. And we give you praise for that. Thank you, Lord, for this service, for the word today. We just receive your presence and your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you're seated, give someone a high five. Amen. <laughs> As we continue discussing worship, I want you to uh, turn your tablets, your Bibles to Exodus 25. We will read from there, um, and then we will go to the book that Peter wrote, and we're going to talk about the way of worship. In Exodus 25, we're looking at verse 1 to begin. It says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, or let's speak to the church, that they may bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering." So what we're finding is an offering to the Lord, 
But notice the willing heart. Notice it is all about everything in the kingdom of God is about a willing heart. It's about your heart first, not what you're doing. Religion says do, and then possibly your heart will get into it. It doesn't work that way. That's not kingdom. It's about a willing heart. Now remember, we're talking about worship. So in this, I am not, and God talking to Moses was not referencing to the tithe and offering that we give, per se. This offering was specifically going to or towards the heart of God. It was going towards the mind of God. It was saying my offering. In other words, the offering was when you come and they are willing, they understand my heart, then I want you to take it. Now, it didn't say this, but I would suggest to you, I can't even prove it according to the Hebrew, but I would suggest to you that if they came and they did not have a willing heart, understanding God's heart, then God was telling Moses, don't take it. Don't receive it. This was proclaimed because of what they were investing in. The church or Israel were were beginning to understand the law, understanding scripture that was written of the day, and they were investing into the why of why God said what he said, because why he said what he says is because when God says something, he says it about who he is. He gives you his character in everything he brings. So keep that in your mindset. So basically, God spoke to the why of giving, or we could say, as we're teaching on this, the why of worship, the why of worship. Then he lists the things, beginning in verse 3 of the same chapter, Exodus 25 through 7, And he lists the things that it will take to build the tabernacle. So let's continue in verse 8. And let them make me, God speaking, a sanctuary, that I, the purpose, that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishing, just so you shall make it. Remember the heart of God. God always speaks of the pattern of his heart. Everything that God does, he brings out his heart. See, the enemy wants to separate the church. The enemy wants to separate us from the heart of God where it becomes, we become a good Christian. And that's not what this is about. Kingdom living and living in the, the, the literal blessings, the watershed blessing of God 
comes out of knowing his heart. And because we know his heart, it then becomes our heart willing to be like him. You follow me? All right, let me explain some more because I'm explaining stuff so that we, when we get to the crux of the message, then we understand the why. And instead of doing the do, we understand the why and we just follow after it because we have a willing heart. Everything we do comes out of that willing heart. Verse 10 through 20 speaks of and describes the structure of the Ark of the Covenant. Verse 21 speaks of the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. And and speaking of the structure and the lid, I'm going to show you now, verse 21, the why of that. Verse 21, you shall put the mercy seat on top of the Ark. Pastor Dan was talking about this. And in the Ark, you shall put the testimony that I will give you. The testimony is the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Verse 22, And there, everyone say there. There. Say it a little bit more exciting. There. There. And there, I, God speaking, will, my will, meet you with you. I will meet you. I will meet with you. I choose God's heart to meet with you. And I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. Again, there I will, my will, my heart, God speaking, meet with you, and I will, my heart, speak with you. Remember verse 8. I want you to build a sanctuary where I may dwell. Well, pastor, we got a sanctuary here. He's not just talking about a structure. He's talking about our heart. He's talking about us, our body, everything that we do. Christianity, religious Christianity has it backwards. They do and then try to feel. That's why you get a lot of people, well, I don't like this, I don't like that. We do this. We don't do that. It has nothing to do with it. What are you doing in your worship to the Lord? And where is your heart in that worship? It was God's heart and desire for a place of worship to be built. And here it is. But let me just show you. Here it is. He's provided us a temple by creating us as humans that can become a willing vessel of worship to the Lord in everything that we do. Let's go on. The reason it was constructed is so God, watch this, can dwell there. It was constructed so God can dwell there. It was constructed so God could meet or encounter them or us. God's desire is to encounter you. You are his daily delight. 
That's what Jesus says. You are his daily delight. And he has given you an ability to build that temple, to build that so that God can on a daily basis, on on 24-7 basis, encounter and meet with you. He can speak to them or speak to you. So dwell, meet, encounter, or speak to you. See, I get so tired of people describing God and they don't have any clue. They'll tell you at funerals, they'll tell you at meetings, they'll tell jokes about things, the God from, or the, the man upstairs, all kinds of things, and they have no clue who he is. And because they have no clue who he is, they have no clue regarding worship, and because they have no clue regarding worship, then that watershed blessing has been damned up. Today, I want to talk about the way of worship. Next week, we'll talk about the walk or the will of worship. In 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter understood this when he wrote this. He said, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, brand new or as newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word. The way to get to know God is the word of God, not your religious experience. That you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, let me say it a different way, or indeed you have tasted who God really is, full of grace. Not this mean ogre up there slapping you around. Matter of fact, I heard someone preach one day and they said, you know, really, if you want to picture life, we're usually slapping ourselves around by wrong choices. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. There's God's heart again. Not only he's gracious to me, I am precious to him. You also, as living stones, are being built up a, here it is, a spiritual house. A holy priesthood. Remember last week? to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. In other words, our life is based around the word of God. That's acceptable to God. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Did you know you're special? Yeah, you are. That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That light is understanding who God is. And so what you have been 
given is an ability to worship. Remember, a royal priesthood to worship. You've been called to worship. And when you are called to worship, in that worship, the light will shine. You will begin to see the watershed blessings of God because that was his heart. Remember that, that river that flows underneath to us under the throne room of God, the throne of God. And it goes deeper and wider. And it comes because we know who he is and our heart has been transformed to know and worship him in everything we do. And the blessings flow. Now that's just the introduction today. We could quit and you could chew on that for a month. We are talking about worship and found out worship comes by way of choice. Not how you feel, by choice. Not what's going on in your life, by choice. No matter what Hades is around, no matter what tribulation is there, you choose because you know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who's gracious and thinks you're precious, even though you've messed up in your life. Forgiveness is there. Amen. Watershed worship is the theme that we talked about last week. The concept comes, remember, I want to remind you of the great divide, the invisible line that threads through the Rocky Mountains, there through Colorado, from which water flows either east or west from that point. And it's a proven fact that for a thousand miles east of that watershed is the most fruitful land you will find that produces a lot of what you and I eat. So my point, in our lives, there are choices we make that determine the way of our life will go, either east or west. East, fruitful plains. West is the rocks and the desert. There's still blessing there because you'll see where the water flows, there are plants that sprout and everything else is dry. Worship is a watershed decision. And probably the most important one bringing you to a standpoint in your life. Any question you've ever had of the why this is going on in my life, I would say to you, probably goes back to your past, goes back to the day you are breathing, where you're at in your decision, in your choice of worshiping the Lord. It is always the beginning realm of the blessing of the Lord. That's why what goes on up here is so vital. And again, as I said before, we need to receive the ministry with gladness up here and respect and honor the position that God placed them through my appointment to be able to bring worship in this place, and that is corporate worship, so that we can learn how to individually worship at home in our car wherever we are at, and allow worship to be the foremost part 
of everything that we do at work, business, whatever you do, that when you're out there playing, you worship the Lord and you understand he is a gracious and loving father and that I am precious before him in his sight. And now because I know that, he is precious to me. And my choice is God. So receive who's on this platform with gladness. To kneel at the cross and open yourself to the love of God. Worship is not about a religious performance either. It's not. I have over 40 years been in ministry and I've watched people work hard, sweat and toil and worry and fall apart and get get tired and get sick sometimes because of worry, because they are doing something at the church, a program. And they do the program, and after the program, there's nothing after it except hard work and people who are tired. And what I want to say to you, everything we do here is worshiping the Lord, presenting the presence of God, that lives can be changed. That's why you bring people to men's ministry. That's why you do the things that you do. Why? It's because it will change their lives if they understand God through you and your worship. You mean I have to stand before my friends at work and start singing? That's not what we're talking about. It's about the heart. It's not about the religious performance. Worship is not really about the music either. God created music. We, you, we work with music. Worship is about the stance of the heart. It's an attitude that, that's open to the Lord because you came to a place of understanding his heart. Worship, music, playing an instrument, is you understand God's heart. And so you're playing with a heart of God. Receive it back to you. Everything that I am is because of you. It's personal. It's a decision. It's relational. It's about God and others. And a term I don't use very often, but I wrote it down as I thought about it. It's vocational. It's what you do. So it's a decision. It's about God and others, not just me. See, God's heart is about us. Why he created us to worship, gave us this heart to worship, gave us a temple to build a house of worship. Why is that? Because he knows the blessings flow out of it. He gave you the engine, it's worship, to produce your blessings. Well, pastor, what about faith? Remember we talked about the word? In order to understand God, you gotta understand the word. If you're in the word of God, what does that produce? Faith. But the engine is your worship. God calls us to open ourselves to, I'm going to say it, the way. God says, see that you do this according to the pattern. Oh, we got to find out 
what instruments we got to use. No, no, that's not what he's talking about. God is not saying do it my way or else. God is saying my way is the only way. It works because I am the creator. I am the lover of your soul. My interests are yours and my desires are for your well-being. This is God talking. Worship fulfills the very reason God created you in the first place. So God calls us to worship. Worship is the thing. You may have never heard this before, but I want to nicely, type A personality, browbeat you into this understanding. I want you to get this. Because if you recognize this, then I believe, and you begin to apply it by a willing heart, not by what you're doing only, by a willing heart, then you're going to stop asking the questions, why God did this happen? How come, God, I've been praying all these years and my kids, my grandkids, whatever, they're not serving you anymore. They're, they're in trouble. Why are they in jail? Why are they doing this? Let me tell you, worship will literally bring the flow of God's blessing. And when you become the worshiper, they not only will, now they probably recognize you as that holy roller. You're always talking about church. Why are you always going to church? Why are you, you know? But then when you're a worshiper, guess what happens? Grace and passion of God will begin to exude out of your life, out of what you say, how you live your life. And they will begin to see it, and it will transform their thinking about you and church. Why do you think young people, 85% of young people, leave the church at age 19 to 20? Because all their life, they've been told you have to do this. Instead of seeing a worshiper. All right, let's go on. That's another whole series. So God is saying, my way is the only way. In Exodus, it shows God's heart. So let me go over it again so we get this. This is God's heart. It proves you are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood, a very special people. So he can show forth his praises through us. You become that example. Not only the praises we bring to him, but Jesus said, glorify the Father, because if you do, his light will shine on you and people will see it. What I just said earlier. And worship God because of what's happening in you. You know why most churches grow by transfer growth, they call it? Because everyone's looking for a better program. Everyone's looking for a better burger, a better restaurant, a better store, a better car. I won't go on better wife. Anyways. We're always looking for something better. And we have to recognize is when we glorify and become that worshiper by decision, coming early to church to worship, going to worship nights, 
that we have, making sure that our kids in, are in places of worship, that they see it, not just law, or you better be there, get up, you know, but mom and dad, I'm tired, school is hard, get up, go to church. No, no, it's worship, it's a choice. And when they learn these things, salvation arises. Let me finish my thought here. That we find that transfer growth is the way most churches grow because got a better program. Very few churches grow because of salvation. Here's my opinion. Everyone say, pastor's opinion. The reason why us churches don't grow is because we're not worshipers. Because the flow of the blessing of salvation is not there. Most people get uncomfortable because we have, we have browbeat the church to, you know, do it this way, do it this way, do this music, that music, this music, this, this hymn, this chorus, this whatever. We browbeat all the time, got to reach the younger, got to reach the older, got to reach the mid, mid people, got to reach, you know, got to reach the children, got to do this, got to do that, got to do this. How about let's have a heart of worship and let God do what he promised, the watershed blessing. And we're going to see the power of God move and we're going to see salvation in our children and our children's children, our parents, our nieces, our nephews, our cousins. We're going to see the growth because of salvation because worship breaks it. And breakthrough comes to pass. That's just pastor's opinion. But I've watched it. Churches have great youth program. It lasts about three to four years, and boom, it's gone. Because the person got famous, and they leave and go somewhere else. And so everyone doesn't want to come because they came because the person, the program. The program's different. I don't like the program. Okay, I'll get off that. Salvation doesn't come easy because we don't have worship as our priority. The summons to worship is also a summons to build a house. 1 Peter 2, verse 4 and 5. Coming to him as a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The word house is oikos in the Greek. It's talking about the house of your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the house of your family. In other words, those that are related to us, our scope of influence, what we do in our neighborhood, what we do on our job, our business, our business, our work, and even our church. You present it all to God. Everything you are, present it to God in worship. That you are so gracious to me, and you love me, and I am precious to you. Even though stuff happened in your past, there was all kinds of evil stuff in your past. You break that. 
you break that curse in Jesus' name. And then you begin to worship and you see God in everything you're involved in. You worship a kind word. The presence of the Lord is there. Why? What? That whole thing about the ark, about the whole thing between the cherubims, is that's where the presence of the Lord is. When you worship everywhere you are and you have a worshipful, worshipful heart, God's presence is there. And then whatever you're facing, you got it handled. Why? Because God is there. The manifested presence of God. God's always, he's everywhere. He's even in hell, the Bible tells us. Last week, remember that? But you want the manifested presence, it comes through a person who worships. So the Lord says he wants to take you and then allow you, because of your heart, to be built up as a spiritual influence. God's heart is he wants to dwell there in everything. Now, this is so important. I'm going to say this to you. God is asking them in Exodus to make an investment so he could have a place with them. What are you investing into your worship? What are you investing? The God of the universe who needs nothing wants a dwelling place on earth to accommodate our understanding. You know, as, as much as I've studied, as much as I've heard, you know, in prayer, things of the Lord, and people have taught me, and the books that I've read, and all the things that I've done, there is so much more of God for me to understand. For me to stand up here and to pretend to you that I got it all is then I have become a fake. And I am telling you things that are not true. I don't have it all. But what I have is the word of God, and that's why I stick to the word of God. I've had experiences, I don't teach on it. Why? Because you don't get it. You think I'm weird sometimes, some of the experiences I've had. Because it's not in the word. And so I want you to recognize that He wants a dwelling place to accommodate our understanding. Because there are times, folks, I don't get it. Okay, I'll say it. You don't get it. But if you begin to worship, God will accommodate you and give you understanding where you're at of the why. So in your prayers, there'll be very few why prayers There'll be many prayers that will say, thank you, Lord. Even though all this Hades is breaking loose around me, I know who you are and I know your heart towards me. So I'm going to stand strong and I will worship you, my great and mighty God, who will never leave me nor forsake me. I worship you. And his manifested presence just comes in and the watershed blessing begins to flow in the midst of turmoil. For God says, Father God says, I want to live where you live. Isn't that amazing? He wants to live where you live. The result is 
people want to be around you because something radiates from you. You know what radiates from you? God's presence. God's presence. People have come to me, you know, when I've trained a lot of pastors, and they'll say, I have watched you, and there's such an influence that you have when you go to these places, and people want to spend time with you. Why is that? Well, you know, I'm pretty cool. I got it all together, you know. No. That's, I'll say, that's a bunch of malarkey. It really is. You know why? The presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord. It's not how I say it. I don't sound like some professor, like we have professors in here, you know, today. I don't sound like them. I'm just old school talking like a regular guy most of the time. Sometimes I have to say it three times because I really don't know how to explain it because of my ability with words. I'm just being honest with you. That's where I'm at. But I've been obedient to the Lord in my call, and I've been a worshiper all my life. People's lives are changed because there is a house who radiates the presence of God. People's lives are changed because there is a house, you, that radiates God, his presence. Why? Because you're a worshiper. Because you've made that choice. You've made that sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? Well, you know, I, I better not go to the baseball game. Go to the baseball game. Cheer for your team. But be a worshiper. Amen. Well, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Go hide somewhere for 500 years, and, and then you'll be that worshiper. No. Now, in the uh, Ark of the Covenant, did you know that there was a stick in that covenant ark? There was one stick in there. And it's a stick that budded, which verified Aaron's priesthood. It was to verify that Aaron was the one that, that, that they had everyone, to, you know, they, I'll say it this way. They, everyone brought a dead stick. And it was only Aaron's that budded. And I want to say to you now, you have to understand, you are being born again, that stick that budded. You become that priest of worship. Blossoms come on one stick, Aaron's. That stick was kept saying, there is a great high priest with whom you're related to as a priest. It's the example of Jesus Christ, our high priest. Now we, being in Christ, are priests, and priests are worshipers. You are created, born again, to be a priest worshiper. So no matter if you feel like a dead stick, come and worship, and Jesus, our high priest, will be with you. He'll respond to you. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like I, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, be around all the people. They just don't worship the way I do. Well, 
then you become a dead stick. Because why you worship is people need to see your light. You know why you're here? Well, I'm here because I'm supposed to be. That's a religious thing. No, you're here to shine the light of Jesus Christ. The third thing that was in the Ark of the Covenant is the manna, the pot of manna. And the pot of manna meant every day as we come before God, there will be adequate supply of what we need. You remember the story in the Old Testament as they were in the wilderness? Manna came every day, they'd pick it up, not save anything for the next day because it would rot. But every day, new manna would come. That's what we need to understand is as a worshiper, every day we need to worship. But let me just tell you, some of you are thinking now, going back to the old religious way, well, I got to have out 15 minutes that I need to just worship the Lord. That's good. Do it if that's what you're led to do. But I'm telling you, you're a worshiper 24-7. I'm telling you when you go to work and your boss tells you something you don't want to do. You don't just, hold on, hold on, let's sing a song. No, you don't do that. Let's play guitar. We need a piano, we need an organ so we can break this. No, no, no. You look at them. God, you are my source. You are gracious to me. So I'm going to be gracious to him or her. And I'll show him or her the light of salvation. Okay, great. You walk away. And I know your soul is saying, you, that idiot, I can't believe they're making me. But your spirit says, ah, 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 you're a worshiper. Thank you, Lord, you're gracious to me. And your flow of blessing will come to me because why? I'm a worshiper because I worship and have that heart, willing heart, then I'll even submit to my boss with joy in my heart. Okay, let's move on. Because some of you are looking at it, yeah, sure. You don't know my boss. Uh, I've known some bosses. I still have to go to a psychiatrist because my first boss. No, just kidding. <laughs> did you know your pastor got fired from his first job? I did. Yeah, I mean, what a bad guy I am. Guess what? I worked at this amazing place called Denny's. And two months before, um, I wasn't saved yet. Two months before, um, I had tickets to go to, <gasps> everyone put out their cross, a Black Sabbath concert. <laughs> and so I told them the day, said, yeah, great, we'll get you the day off. Well, the week. The schedule came out, and he scheduled me for that night. So like a good, wonderful person I was, I said, heck with you. So I called in sick. And that was back in the day where, um, you know, these bosses, they could do stuff like this. So that night he called 
my grandma at the house. That was before cell phones, all right? Everyone, you know, remember he had to... <laughs> okay. And um, called my house, my grandmother answered and says, oh, no, he's at a concert. <laughs> I love my grandma. I got fired. Anyways, so some bosses are really nice people. See, the manna tells us daily bread does not merely have to do with my meals. Even though manna, they ate. It has to deal with what you need for your soul, your mind, and for your task, what you do. See, when we understand watershed worship, that it flows from underneath, where the example is in Colorado, it flows to the east, but it flows from God himself. And worship is the one that ignites the flow towards your life. That's God's heart. See, I don't worship because a blessing. I worship because I know God. But I also understand that the only way to ignite the beginning realm of the blessings of the Lord is because I worship a gracious, loving, compassionate God. So why am I talking about the ark? God said, that is where I will meet you. That's God's heart. He just wants to meet us. God will meet you in your worship around his word, the great high priest, worship. He will meet you with a provision, the manna for each day. So what am I saying to you? Build a house for God. Begin to see your life as a house for God. Make a proclamation. I will pursue life your way, God. It's through worship. God's way is to build a house by presenting ourselves before him in worship in everything. So let me close with this. Regarding the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat, I thought Pastor Dan was going to preach my sermon. On the mercy seat, the blood is sprinkled. God met them above the mercy seat. It was made of solid gold to indicate the treasure of the day of atonement, of your salvation. The Lamb's sacrifice for all peoples. And he told Moses, I will meet you there. Where is he going to meet you? Some of you struggle in worship because you think you're not good enough. Or you're struggling with certain sins. But see, God meets you in the forgiveness of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is perfect. You don't have to prove anything. You come before God as a worshiper with nothing that hinders because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And 1 John 1, 9 says, if you have sinned, ask God to forgive you. He is faithful and just 
to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. I don't care how many times the disciples asked Jesus, how many times do we need to forgive? It doesn't matter how many times. It matters of the willing heart. It's a choice. It's a choice. I'll meet you there, he said to Moses. Through the blood, we come into his presence. In worship, we are coming to the mercy seat, saying, Lord, come visit me. We've already learned he's, he's everywhere. But the presence of the Lord begins to become the manifested presence where everything in your life turns into a blessing or others are blessed by your life or by your sacrifice. We'll talk more about that next week. See, I need God's mercy. I need God's mercy and God's favor. Don't you? Where do we, where do we go to get that? It's a decision of worship. It's a decision of the heart. You can mess up in your life, but your heart is still pure. Father, man, I, I'm going to say it. I screwed up. Please forgive me. Your heart didn't change. You're not stopping the flow of the blessing because your heart, when you screwed up, you went right straight to asking God the mercy seat for forgiveness. And his presence is there. And when we do that in a continuing basis, then God's blessing will flow deeper and wider in our lives. I can't tell you. 35 years ago, I got this revelation. And I have seen God do things in the midst of hell in my life. Some of you might feel right now emotionally you are in the midst of hell. But I want to tell you, God is there. But the flow of his blessings will just overrun anything in your way because that's God's heart. That's the God that I serve. Let's all stand. If today you are thinking, I need to open to more worship, I want you to make a choice today. I was going to be really bold and say, before you stood, if you think you need to do more worship, I want you to stand. I get this, this church. I get this congregation because I am your pastor and I know you and I know you desire. But here is the blessing of all the COVID stuff, all the stuff going on in our world, the war in, in Ukraine, all the stuff that's just boggling your minds. 
And I wanted you to understand is God says, what's your decision today? I've heard your prayers, but what's your decision? Are you going to allow the floodgate to be open in a greater breakthrough? Believing my word instead of all the stuff going on in this world? Or are you just going to sit back to the normal, quote, religious thing? I'm saying to you, I see your children and children's children worshiping with you in church. If not another church, if they're older. I see your cousins, I see your nephews, your nieces running to your home so that you can teach them God. Not teach them you. What kind of church you go to? I go to kind of church you go to. I go to a church that teaches the Word of God that shows me who God is. So you're no longer confused about your life. Amen? Let your light shine, folks. Don't hide it. Let it shine. How do you let it shine? Be a worshiper. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The reality of your word that is powerful. It changes our thinking. It removes deception. And it brings us into a living stone. Someone who's alive and not something dead like a religious stick. And I thank you, Lord, for blessing us, showing us your way as we have understood your way in worship. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you.